Hey, uh, welcome back everyone. Hey, I'm going to pray for us uh, before we look at God's word together. Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What is the house that you were built for me and what is the place of my rest? All these things my hand has made and so all these things came to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one to whom I'll look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Father, we do pray now, even as we look at your word, might you help us to be those who are humble, contrite in spirit, and who tremble at the sound of your voice. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Brilliant. We're going to have uh, Andrew to read the passage first. Uh, let me pop the passage on screen for you. And uh, Andrew, whenever you're ready, just unmute yourself and you can read the passage first. So we're reading, uh, first reading from Hebrews chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as, as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. In chapter 2, verses 14 to 18. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise took partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has power of, of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who fear, who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every aspect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he's able to help those who are being tempted. Andrew, thanks so much for reading a passage for us. And if you got your Bibles open, do keep uh, your Bibles open to the passage there. And if you need a handout, I think there should be one in the chat. And Ryan's already sent it. Um, have you ever wondered whether you have enough, enough to keep going in the Christian life? Have you ever felt that there was something lacking or something more? Uh, perhaps on paper you might say God's word is sufficient and prayer is a great resource. But maybe at the back of your mind, uh, you might be wondering, is that really enough? Uh, personally, I feel that more strongly when things don't seem to change. Uh, there have been many times where I carve out time in the morning to read my Bible, to pray, and then I get ready to start the day. I jump on my bike, I go on the road, and immediately a car swerves next to me. And at that very moment, a really angry thoughts, uh, they start to bubble up in my mind. And then I get to work, and I attend a meeting, and then someone says something that just totally triggers me, and immediately those thoughts again start to surface. And I get back home at the end of the day and I think about what I've read in the morning and I just wonder, was there any use at all? And perhaps for you it's been years like this and you look back and you wonder if there has been any change at all. Perhaps if you call distant or drifting from the Lord, or you try to read your Bible and it's a bit boring, 
uh, you try to pray and no one seems to be listening is there something more well it's been really good having new people join us over the past few months and i know a number of you have just entered the working world and perhaps for you starting a new job transiting from student to uh, a worker things have been going quite well but you see the thing is that as you get on in life you will hear many who were once on fire for the lord having to fall away uh, they fall away because of ambition a wrong relationship or simply the love of the world and so you wonder whether reading your bible saying your prayers is that enough to get you to the end Okay, but let's raise the stakes even more. Uh, let's say that you don't have your Bible. Uh, no physical copy. No you Bible app. No Bible gateway. And all you have is four words. Four words. Your confession. Jesus Christ, our Lord. No building. No midweek talks. No Bible. Just the acknowledgement that Jesus Christ is Lord. You see, this is not too dissimilar from the readers of Hebrews. Uh, they probably heard the gospel from a friend about a man called Jesus who died and rose again in fulfillment of Jewish expectations. They considered evidence and they believe in him. No Bible, no scripture, no New Testament writing, just a raw, unadulterated, naked confession that Jesus Christ is our Lord. So is that enough? Is our confession enough to get us to the end? You see, this is what the book of Hebrews is all about. See, the readers of Hebrews were probably Christians in Rome, and the details suggest that they were in danger of drifting away. And so what help did they need? Do they have enough in their confession to fight the drift, to battle temptation, and to keep enduring? Well, the, the answer that the author of Hebrews gives is yes. Those four words, Jesus Christ, our Lord, has more resources, more riches, more treasures than they've even begun to imagine. Oh, there's more than enough help keep going well you might ask is that true well to experience the full gloriousness of this truth uh, you need to keep coming back each week but for today we will have an overview of the book of hebrews and hopefully we get a taster of how good this truth is and hopefully it will whet your appetite for the upcoming weeks and hope that we we'll see today that our confession is enough because our confession is a confession about his journey. So if you're following the handout, we're on our first point. Our confession is a confession about his journey. You see, implicit in our confession is a recognition that a historical, geographical journey has taken place. I noticed the first two words, Jesus Christ. Uh, firstly, Jesus. Uh, last year in December, we had our carol service, and one of the readings from Luke chapter 1, verse 31 
And there was the angel appearing to Mary, and she said to Mary, Behold, you will conceive a bear, a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. So think about it. Before the incarnation, he was the eternal son. But at the incarnation, the eternal son inherited the name Jesus. And so that implicitly suggests a movement, a geographical movement, a journey from heaven down to earth. But it's also there in the word Christ. Christ means anointed one or the promised king. And the prophets of old spoke of the one who would be born after the line of David. And so before the incarnation, he was the eternal son. At his earth, sorry, at his birth, he became the Christ. And ultimately, he was crowned at the cross. So do you notice, implicit in the two words, Jesus Christ, is a, is a geographical movement, a historical journey from heaven down to earth and to the cross. Well, but that's not all. Uh, the word Lord, Jesus Christ, our Lord, also implies a journey. You see, the word Lord, it describes him as equal with God or Yahweh. And so the Eternal Son is also the Creator God. He was there from the beginning. He laid the foundations. Heavens is the work of His hands. Jesus is God, there from the beginning. But not only did He start up there, He also returned back up there at His ascension. So look to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. I guess they're describing um, his power as the creator God. But notice the second half of verse 3. After making purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. You see the word set down at the right hand of the majesty on high, that's a quote from Psalms 110 where it goes, when David prophesies about the Lord saying to my Lord, sit at my right hand. And that psalm is he identifies the Lord sitting at God's right hand. And so when Hebrew says that Jesus sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, it is also to identify him as the Lord. And when does that happen? It was, it was after making purification for sins, after the ascension. So do you see Jesus Christ, our Lord, both refers to his eternal pre-existent state, but also his exalted state at his ascension. So what have you seen? See, a confession, our confession is a confession that a journey has taken place. The eternal son um, in heaven, the Lord, coming down to earth his, during his incarnation, his death, his ascension, and going back to God's right hand as Lord. If you want to picture that in your mind, uh, picture a U-shaped journey, heaven, earth, and back up to heaven. And I'm not sure about you, but I personally find this really fascinating because this journey is fundamental to the person of Jesus. You see, the Son had to be man to be called Jesus. The Son had to be man to be the Christ. Jesus had to die, 
rise again, ascend and make purification for sins before he sits down. See, his journey had to happen. And the fascinating thing is, is that it's integral to the person of Jesus. So a confession is a confession about his journey. Uh, but what has this got to do with Hebrews, uh, you might be asking. And if you see that in your handout, Hebrews is all about the journey that Jesus takes. It forms the structural skeleton to the whole book. Uh, chapters 1 and 2 is the overview about the eternal son who became the Davidic son. Uh, chapters 2 to 4 is about the incarnation. Chapters 4 to 7 is about the resurrection. Chapters 8 to 10 is about the ascension. And 10 to the end of chapter 13 is about drawing near to him. And so Hebrews, he uses the U-shaped journey to structure his book. And over our time in Hebrews, we'll unpack what his journey means. So our confession is a confession about his journey. And Hebrews is all about the journey of Jesus. But perhaps you might say, okay, that it's good for Jesus. What about us? What has his journey have to do with us? And that's our second point for today. Uh, our confession is a confession that his journey, well, it helps us. You see four words in a confession, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The last word that we haven't talked about is our. So he's not just the Lord. He is our Lord, our personal Lord. And so implicit in the word our is the idea that he helps us. He is our Lord and we are his. And here are the two ways that he helps us as our Lord. Go to Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. Verse 14. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has power of death, that is the devil. And deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Well, verse 14 and 15, they describe what Jesus has done in his incarnation, sharing in our flesh and blood. But I want us to focus on verse 16. It is not the angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. See, the word help there specifically refers to take hold of or to hold on to, to grasp onto. It's the same word that describes God's rescue of Israel. So if you have, if you have your Bibles, just flip over to um, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 9. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 9. Well, I do have the passage on screen. Let me pop it up. Okay, let me read to you Hebrews 8, verse 9. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers, on the day where I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. So the word took them by the hand is the same word as help in chapter 2 verse 16. And so that is the picture of God bringing Israel out of slavery, like a father holding his child's hand, dragging him out. And likewise in chapter 2 verse 16, Jesus, he takes hold of us to bring us out of slavery. But not of slavery of Egypt, but slavery of death and the devil. Over the Christmas period, I was hiking with my wife Matilda. 
and we were walking, walking alongside this uh, cliff and there was a path that was a little bit sketchy, was rather narrow and there was quite a lot of loose gravel on the path. But being as nimble as a mountain goat, I leapt across uh, the sketchy bit and I stretched out my hand to take her by the hand and pull her to safety. And that is the way, uh, the same way that Jesus' journey helps us. Remember, it's a U-shaped journey. He comes down to earth, he stretches out his hands, he takes us by hand and he pulls us through death into resurrection life and into heaven as he ascends to his Father. You see, it's his grip, not ours. And even when our hands slip, he holds on. You see, he helps us by taking hold of us. And this encouragement when you feel that you are drifting or distant from the Lord and there's nothing to anchor you down, you feel like you're being tossed around by waves, remember that it's you who he helps. He takes hold of you. You see, if you confess that Jesus Christ is your Lord, when you stumble, he holds you. When you falter, he takes hold of you. When you fall, he grips you tight. You see, your confession is a confession that he helps you by taking hold of you. What a comfort. Well, but there's one more way that his journey helps us. And you see, his journey to the heavens is not only to bring us there, he's up there to be our high priest. Look to, look to chapter 2, verse 17. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself suffered when tempted, he's able to help those who are being tempted. You see, in his incarnation, he shares our experience. He shares our flesh and blood so that he understands what we go through. But at his ascension, he is made high priest for us. Immediately, you might say that sounds a bit weird. I mean, why do I need a priest? And granted, it's a bit of a weird idea. But we unpack that idea in the upcoming term. But for today, notice the benefit of having a high priest. Verse 18, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Uh, the word help here is a slightly different word from the word help in verse 16. Uh, the, the, the meaning of help here is the usual word of the meaning, come to the aid of. Uh, he comes to our aid. He helps us. And the reason why he can come to our aid to help us is because he has shared our experience. And so when we fail, he knows, he cares, and he understands. And so do you struggle with temptations? Uh, so did he. Are you suffering for your faith? So did he. Are you going through more pain than you can bear? So did he. You see, Jesus, he made the journey from heaven to earth and back up again, not for a holiday from heaven, not for a change of scene, definitely not for a bring-your-own-booze garden party. Well, he made that journey to experience what we experience so that he can help us, help you and help me. 
And so when we fail, when we all do, which we all do, he's up there at God's right hand, making a propitiation for our sins, atonement for our failures, and forgiveness for our transgressions. And so that is why, that is why our confession is enough to keep us going. Because implicit in our confession, those four words, Jesus Christ our Lord, it is abundant resources. You see, it's a confession that he has made a U-shaped journey. It's a confession that his journey is our journey as he takes hold of us. And it's a confession that as a high priest in heaven, he helps us today. And that is enough to keep us going. Well, I visited Sagrada Familia uh, in Barcelona recently. If you guys don't know, Sagrada Familia is a Roman Catholic basilica um, designed by the famous architect Gaudi. 135 years in the making, and it's architecturally, de- architecturally designed to encase the gospel narrative in stone. It's called the temple, and when you go in, it's designed to create a sense of the divine as you experience this wondrous architectural space. And it was beautiful when we went in. It was impossibly creative. And you can understand why many people feel connected to the divine as they step through the space. But here's the question. Which will you go to for help? A beautifully designed building built over 135 years? Or four words? Jesus Christ, our Lord. You see, for the author of Hebrews, it's a no-brainer. See, there are lavish riches in those four words, abundant resources for life, and there's help for those in need. You see, our confession, Jesus Christ our Lord, is more than enough. But guess what? Uh, We have more than four words. Uh, We have the whole Bible, so we're going to make use of it. So next week, uh, we're going to jump back into the book of Genesis, to get God's worldview, uh, to help us to understand, to get a deeper understanding, more vivid colors to understand all that we have in Jesus. So five weeks, one in Genesis, in Exodus, and three in the book of Leviticus. So do come back for the next few weeks. But for today, uh, my great hope for us is that we have confidence that we have enough, more than enough, abundant resources for the journey. Well, flip over to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 6. And I think that's a good verse for us to take back to our work desk. Let me read it for you. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 6. So we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? See, this new year might be a year that looks like there are full of challenges coming up. Uh, The weather is bleak, actually it's quite sunny today, Uh, but perhaps this week started with a groan. And any positive side effects from your Christmas break has since worn off. In those times, remember your confession, Jesus Christ our Lord, and confidently say, the Lord is my helper. Maybe this year looks like it'd be a really good one, that's okay, but when the difficult times come, Remember the resources in your confession and confidently say, The Lord is my helper. Well, as we close our time, I wonder whether we can try something in the first, uh, in the history of 
Covent Garden Talks or maybe the history of any Zoom call. I wonder whether it's possible to unmute ourselves and we can say uh, Hebrews chapter 13 verse 6 uh, together. I'm not sure how that will work. Uh, Zoom might try to only pick up one person, but why don't we try that, okay? Let's try to unmute ourselves. And on the count of three, uh, let's try reading Hebrews 13 verse 6 together. Okay, on the count of three. One, two, three. Can we confidently say, the Lord is my helper? I will not fear. What can man do to me? What can man do to me? Oh, that was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't I pray? Indeed, Lord Jesus, we thank you that you help us. Thank you that you didn't stay in heaven, but you stooped down to take hold of us, to bring us back to your Father. Pray that that will be a real encouragement for us as we chew on that during the rest of the week. In Jesus' name, Amen.